0: Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. (laughs) Back to back. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We're the Cutaways. Doing our podcast. Don't know how to rhyme. Mm Because I'm not Lin-Manuel Miranda. Lin-Manuel
1: Miranda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really, that's a really good encapsulation of our podcast, is just that. Yeah. Poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Poorly produced. Uh, Go on. Go on. Describe (laughs) us more for the newbies. Well, well, we watch poorly produced romantic comedies in chronological (laughs) order. I feel like that's pretty accurate, too. Like, 80%. In this... Yeah.
1: Okay, I was going to be like, in this era in this genre this is not where the money is going (laughs) yeah Yeah. but we see how filmmakers thrive in it or do not thrive in it i'm like looking at you already being like i wonder what ashley thought of this movie because we have not talked about like normally i feel like we text a little if we do this watch beforehand sort of thing that we've been doing yeah that i get like little hints of like I wonder what Ashley thought of this movie. I have no idea what Ashley thinks. So that's why I'm rambling right now.
0: I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But I will go into further detail after you tell me what we watched. What did we watch, Justine?
1: Oh, my God. So to piggyback last time, remember last time we watched (laughs) What a Girl Wants? (laughs) What a Girl Needs. Yeah. So to continue that theme, we watched... 2003's "Love Don't Cost a Thing,"
0: <laughs> which again, no, no J Lo song in this, right? Okay, at least come the movie that it was based off of had "Can't Buy Me Love" in it. JLo Lo wanted too much money. J Lo just said no. J Lo, nah, <laughs> nah, no thanks. You come to me, Jenny, <laughs> from the block with my this? love costs so much, <laughs> <laughs> so much. Really? I'm J Lo bitch. (laughs) And this
1: was well, this was like J Lo like first on the block. Yeah. Not like first on the block like when she was in Selena, but like what is is this her first album? This was
0: very early. It was very close to it was either her first or right in between her first and her second. She was very expensive.
1: So this movie, Love Don't Cost a Thing, is about A high school loser pays a cheerleader to pose as his girlfriend so he can be considered cool. And if this description sounds familiar, this film is a remake of 1987's "Can't Buy Me
0: Love." No, we can't afford that either. (laughs) Not in 2003. Oh boy, everybody's putting all their money into homes and causing a bubble. Oh god.
1: Oh god. Don't remind. Suddenly, have 2003 flashbacks. (laughs) We were
0: fine. We thought everything was cool. We America was doing good. You know. Yeah. It's not like today
1: where, you know, the the clown cars completely gone off the rails and and is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Every party went, "Oh fuck."
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Okay, I get where you're coming from. Okay, back to this movie. It has it has strong comparisons to What a Girl Wants. Yes. So this movie stars Nick Cannon, Christina Milian, and Steve Harvey. I put Steve Harvey's there, name there because it just didn't matter which third name I put in. <laughs> <That laughs> so it was the most sense. ridiculous. <laughs> but Nick Cannon was also on um, All That mm-hmm. with Amanda Bynes. So, mm-hmm.
0: hey. We just hey. inceptioned this. Oh, yeah. nick this.
1: Oh, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. This movie was directed by Troy Byer, who
0: is another
1: female director.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I know. See, this is what happens. I hate, like, I don't hate it. I I, I just, I hate my internal bias Mm -hmm. that automatically places gender on a name.
1: Mm -hmm. This movie was edited by David Codron. I'm like, is it said like my last name or not?
0: <laughs> I would lean towards it being more towards your last name. Codron. Codron. Wow. David Codron.
1: The first assistant editor was Terrell Clegg, and the assistant editor was Michael T. Wilson, who was the assistant editor for She's All That. Mm. Hmm. This movie is an hour and 40 minutes. It's Rated PG-13 for sexual content slash humor.
0: Sure, we'll call it that.
1: It means sexual humor. (laughs) That's a better way of calling it, yes. It has a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a 37 Metascore. I do want to say, talking about the rating, the PG-13 rating, I'm glad that this movie had a PG-13 rating, and now I kind of wish that What a Girl Want had a PG-13 rating. Rating. I mean like I feel like that's the major difference between maybe our enjoyment level
0: of the movies. This felt like closer to a teen movie right than uh What a Girl Wants. What a Girl Wants it feels like we're a, a teen movie but we're like early preteen yeah. movie. Yeah. It's a tween movie.
1: Yeah, tween movie. But starring teens yeah. in semi-adult situations where this one's like, hey, we're teens. We're having all the adult situations. (laughs)
0: Let's talk about sex, (laughs) (laughs) baby.
1: Okay, let's go to our awards section for this movie.
0: I 100% remember these awards. Really? For the record, yeah.
1: Well, this movie was nominated in multiple categories at the 2014 Choice Awards. It was nominated for Choice Movie Date Movie and... (laughs) Nick Cannon was nominated for Choice Movie Liar. Jerk, Christina Milian and Nick Cannon were nominated for Choice Movie
0: Lip Lock. Do you remember how they used to say it at the at the Teen Choice Awards? I don't know if I've ever watched the Teen Choice like, Awards. Choice Movie
1: Chemistry. Oh, which is our next category that Yeah. Christina and Nick were nominated for. You want to do the very last category? Choice. Breakout movie star. Female. (laughs) (laughs) For Christina Milian. Unfortunately, like we said, no wins. And that's it. No. No, it didn't win. That is all
0: the information I have. Now talk. (laughs) I enjoyed it. I really did. I thought it improved on certain aspects of Can't Buy Me Love that we really didn't like. Mm -hmm. Nick Cannon... Is a little bit more endearing mm-hmm. than uh, Patrick Dempsey was, especially in the the second half of the movie. And I really thought their relationship was was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Steve Harvey was weird. Oh, I thought you were gonna go with
1: wonderful. I'm because I was watching it, I was like, Ashley's gonna love Steve Harvey's character. Well, I
0: think it's <laughs> no, I did, I did, but it was just like it was hard to divorce my brain mm-hmm. from the Steve Harvey of now. Yes. And, and
1: also, like, that 10 minutes that's, like, it's just a little 10 minutes too long is all the Steve Harvey scenes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they're not needed. They just wanted his name.
0: Yes. Like, the whole extended dance scene with him, his intro, mm-hmm. I, I was just like, okay, we've cut back to this two more times than we needed to. Like, especially that low angle crotch shot. I was like, okay, we get it. There were a lot of, um what I would call music video shots or angles mm. that I felt were a little too dated and just unnecessary. Like, especially when he's in, like, the back half of the movie when he's back trying to, to work on the car and, like, fix it. And Yeah, that like, one was a weird scene. It felt like a mistake. Like, it felt like the camera st- shutter was fucked up to me. Oh, no, yeah, that was yeah that was a stylistic choice of the time. Yeah, I did not like that. But, like, overall, the story was nice. The pacing was really decent. They played off of uh, each other really well. There weren't any characters that didn't feel like they shouldn't be there. I felt like the stakes with the popular kids was a little bit more intense than Can't Buy Me Love. I felt like
1: there were a lot of popular kids in this. There were so many popular kids.
0: Yes, they really felt like outcasts, which I think really kind of helped the tone Mm -hmm. of the beginning, which was nice, and like his desire to be part of that. I do feel like Nick Cannon, at times, was just a little too performative. A little too In, actory. Yeah. It just it was there were certain lines that he would deliver that I just felt sticky about. Overall I was able to get past that really quickly because once he got into the meat of it, like the conversation of sex with with his dad, and then also feeling like he's leaving his friends behind, but he doesn't want to do that, but he also realizes that if he can't cut ties with them, that he's not going to be able to be, quote-unquote, the popular kid, and then also coming to terms with the fact that he does actually really want a real relationship, that what he did was creepy and wrong, and he was borderline sexual predatory. Like, I definitely got that vibe from it rather than with a Can't Buy Me Love, I never really got that he felt like him going after all these other girls was yeah. predatory.
1: It was more like, oh, I realized I did a wrong because you're mad at
0: me. Yeah, yeah. Where this, I actually do genuinely feel like he took a step back. Mm-hmm. I also think the Friends were a lot better. Oh
1: my goodness. We're going to have to get into that in a minute, but yes.
0: (laughs) Like you could definitely tell that they just went down to like Nickelodeon Studios, like down the street in Burbank and were like, hey.
1: Everybody hop in this van. Yeah. (laughs) We got to do stuff. Uh, Yeah. I, I also enjoyed this movie way more than I thought that I would because I feel like the director really cared. I think that she kind of held true to the original movie but also, like you said, brought it full circle to 2003 into what the climate is like for teens then. And also I think that added layer of making it a strong African-American cast adding what that is also like layered in there. And so I feel like it just built all these like Microchasms, you know, that were done really well, I think, because the director cared about them.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that as well.
1: Yeah, we haven't talked about that at all. Switching from a movie that had an all-white cast to uh, making a film with African-American leads
0: and most of all the cast. It did not feel like a quote-unquote black movie. Like, it felt like this is a teen movie, but the characters just happened to be black. It definitely still like spoke to the African-American experience, but yeah. it wasn't a message movie.
1: The director is a black woman, so I feel like she had a lot of input.
0: Yes, but you you can see sometimes where where production companies will be like, oh yeah, look, look at all of our diversity. Look, look at this story about their experience. But then like you go behind the scenes and all the producers are white and... They're not really getting it, and then they butt heads with either the director or the leads that happen to be of that ethnicity that they're trying to, to portray, and you end up with Green Book. Um. <laughs> there were parts in this where I may not have been able to recognize or comprehend the subtle layers of what it means to be a young black teenager who's also got a brain like he has to fight to be in the top school or have the scholarship and that side of it but also see a black father who basically is working a menial job taking care of his family like I think that, that those are those things are important but it's not something that you initially like like we've talked about always be my maybe like all mm-hmm. those subtle, Asian things like I think those are the most important things that you know white people don't automatically pick up on until they're called out upon and it's like oh yeah that makes total sense and that uh, that gives you cultural context Mm -hmm. whereas a movie with a message leaves out that context.
1: Yeah, I feel like they added this other layer with, uh, as you said, his character and also Paris's character, uh, the Christina Milian's character, where they just create more depth and we start exploring this theme of like, as you do, they they do in teen movies, like, who are you gonna become? But also, I think this one also reflects as like, where have you come from, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. I really liked that. Like that aspect of it, it Mm -hmm. it made the pseudo prostitution less of a big deal because you're also, you're exploring it in the context of, it's actually a much higher stake for her instead of this shirt, Mm -hmm. it's this car and she's not on the insurance. No matter, that can be really bad. (laughs) Like you could lose your ability to get insurance, like as especially as as a person of color, because our institutions in America are racist. Mm-hmm. I, we are coming at it from the 2019 context of like wokism, yeah, or or that kind of thing. So we are seeing some of these subtleties. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like in 2003, those subtleties probably weren't as apparent as they are now.
1: Yeah, but I do think that they, even for that time, changed the depth of uh, Christina Milian's character. Like She's like, I want to be a singer. All my friends just think that I'm going to end up just being this rich football player's wife. And I have dreams, but I'm also scared of saying what they are too. Yeah. Like I said, she took the original movie, which is good, and she elevated it. It's still, you know, a teen movie, but I'm pretty like... Happy that we watched
0: it. This added, I mean, as much as we liked the first half of uh, *Can't Buy Me Love*, I feel like this really solved all of the problems that we had with like the disconnectedness between mm-hmm. the first two two acts of the story.
1: Now I want to get to the nerd friends. <laughs> There's three of them, but out of the two are more famous now.
0: Yes, are Keenan Thompson and Cal Penn. <laughs> Which was amazing. I really, I want to make a Harold and Kumar reference, but I'm not gonna. Okay. (laughs) Because I can't process. Though I hope they got their white castle. (laughs) Anywho, do you want to jump into the plot?
1: I'd love to. There's so much plot to cover. So, this movie takes place in LA. Holla. I feel like I definitely recognize some valley places. Yeah, they were in. Burbank at one point and then the high school they used was in Long Beach so we start with uh, these cool helicopter shots that show Alvin our Nick Cannon character scoot scoot scooting on a electric scooter of his own design with his pool equipment because in this movie he's a pool boy
0: because we're in LA
1: right we there's no lawns to mow
0: yeah really no <laughs>
1: So we meet him in the opening credits cleaning pools and, like, doing these Jackson 5 dance moves.
0: Yeah, did you think that he was Michael Jackson like I did when he first, like, came? I was like, what? Did they go back and kidnap Michael Jackson?
1: <laughs> no, he was doing the old school Jackson yeah. 5 moves. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So he goes to this house party
1: to clean a pool. Uh, the mom's like, uh, eh having a party and he's like don't worry I can clean it but it's a house party of all these very cool kids and as we establish he is not very cool
0: no he is dorky
1: so he sees Paris Christina Milliam and like he is smitten like literal time stops and he does this fantasy sequence where he sees her walking on water
0: that was cool I liked that it,
1: it, it looked nice it didn't, yeah. it didn't look fake <laughs> No, and that's hard. That's really hard to do. They have this little fantasy where she entices him to come walk on water with him. And so he like he leans in for a kiss, but then IRL, he's leaning in over the pool and he falls in the water. And then he gets dissed by all the cool guys.
0: But Paris saves them.
1: Yeah, Paris is like, back the fuck up. He's the pool guy. If he needs to be in the pool, it's his business. Leave him alone. God.
0: (laughs) Sorry, we're just going to
1: keep keeping Paris's Valley Girl accent,
0: which she does not sound like that. No, she does not. We're terrible people.
1: So he goes home. And as we see, he's a guy who lives on the other side of the tracks. You know, it's very pretty and pink. Yes. Oh, I was going to say this movie feels like a mashup of 10 Things I Hate About You meets like Save the Last Dance. I got strong vibes of both.
0: Oh, yeah, I can see that for sure.
1: You know, we see his home life. And then we have a scene with Paris, which is pretty much exactly like the scene in Can't Buy Me Love. Yes. Where she's watching the TV with her friends. And then her boyfriend, who's a football player on TV, disses her. And when asked, like, ooh, who you dating? His name was Drew, spelled D-R-U. They're like, Drew, who you dating? He's like, I'm a free agent. And she's just like, ah, I am paging him. And then <laughs> um, I loved it. I was just like, oh, my
0: God, this is so 2003.
1: I love it because, like, the first time in Camp Me Love, I don't think I understood it until way later who this guy was. Yeah. But since they did it exactly the same, I was like, oh, I know exactly what's happening here. Yeah. Then uh, then we're at school with the nerds. And I love th- The nerds are so cute. Come on.
0: They're adorable. And I love their, like, Grease vibe. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were nerdy (laughs) t-birds they were it was adorable there's this whole thing in there about how like they don't have the right clothes like everybody is rocking the the sean john brand name everybody wants to be p diddy yep (laughs) it was such like a oh man this
0: was this was the time this was the time it was (laughs) what was your school's like piece of clothing that you like had to have
1: I feel like my school is complicated since it was such like a small school. Like everybody, like this school was huge. Like it had thousands of students. Whereas my school, like my class only had like a hundred kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So like even the clicks weren't that clicky. But I can tell you that me and the scene kids, you know, you got to have a black hoodie.
0: (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs) Mine was, so... This was about the time that I was still at Catholic school. Because we were in uniforms, your shoes were super important. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was always the the classic Adidas, like either the white oh. with the three stripes or the black. Those were with, very popular. Like that was very important like to have those. I had the Adidas, but I had it with the purple the white with the purple, like, holographic stripes. Ah, cool. Yeah, which would be, like, really awesome to have right now. <laughs> throwing that out there, Adidas. <laughs> okay.
1: So, well, in this school, they have a popular hallway. Like, only popular kids can be in this hallway.
0: How they work that out, I don't know. I don't like, know, yeah. Doesn't you gonna the get school from- assign your locker? <laughs> I swear I had a nightmare the other night that like
1: my I had to get to my locker and then to a class that was on the other side of the building. Ah, <laughs> oh, school. <laughs> I was never ever late, but always terrified I would be. <laughs> okay, you know, the nerds we just learn are tired of people calling them losers, but also they are building a car.
0: How that makes you a loser, I don't know.
1: they were doing it for an academic scholarship. <laughs>
0: Just makes you a nerd, not a loser.
1: Then we meet uh, Steve Harvey, the dad. Who's dancing. And he's always like, you got a date tonight, Alvin. And then the little sister's like, do you know your son? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the little sister was great. She reminded me so much of the little sister from Stranger Things. 100%. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was the same tone. Of yeah. Like,
0: you are nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> Commence Operation Child Endangerment is my favorite line. (laughs) She was
1: so good. So we have a scene over with Paris and her mom is going to a resort. Now her mom's like, all right, fine. I'll let you move my car, but you can't take it out. Cut to Paris taking out her mom's car with her friends. Because of course.
0: (laughs) Of course. Gotta get this plot going. This is why parents these days are like super concerned about their teens Places and are going to, like, track their children. With their chips. With their chips, yeah. <laughs> they're going to chip their child <laughs> and follow them around with bubble wrap. Yep. Oh, God. You just described my mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know you had a chip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not that I know of. So they're driving down the strip of old Burbank. <laughs> they're cruising. They're cruising Burbank. And uh, suddenly she gets her call back from Drew, who hasn't been calling her. You know, Paris has been like, everybody, everything's cool. Drew calls her. While she's driving, she picks up her cell phone. (laughs) 2003.
0: We reach that time period.
1: And then we see Drew on the other side. He's in the back of the limo, and he is two-timing her. Like, at the very same time, he's like,
0: hey, baby, you my baby. Hey, other baby out the window.
1: Yeah. And she's just like, uh, who is that? And did the whole, like, say my name. Say my, and the girlfriends are like, he did not I'll say your name. It was 2003. Yep. <laughs> and so she is distracted, driving, unsafe, crashes her car very lightly into a tree, disturbing the headlight and whatnot.
0: Cracking the grill.
1: Yeah, in front of everybody. So she goes to the body shop. And the guy says that he can fix it for $3,000 and two weeks. And she is like... Uh, no, my mom comes back Monday. Fix it now. But Alvin is there, as luck would have it, to pick up a part for his car that he's building. So he strikes up a deal with the guy, since the part that he's getting and the parts that are, are needed to fix Paris's car are the same amount of money.
0: Because <laughs> of course they are.
1: He, he's going to pay for it and do the manual labor himself for her he presents this deal to her I'll fix it this weekend just be my girlfriend for a couple of months and it'll make me popular and she says no and then they compromise to two weeks and then there's our deal I liked this montage
0: of him fixing the car yeah yeah I thought it was it was really nice like paced and you got to see simmy shirtless Nick Cannon Nick Cannon was shirtless in this a lot He was, but like, I felt like it was, it was appropriate in this, this scene. And it like showed, I felt like this showed his, like, I really, he had a passion for this and it, he had a passion for the way that cars work and engineering. And I really got, I felt that through this montage rather than him just telling me constantly. Like they, they visually backed up their, their plot point. Okay, so then the next
1: day at school, we get a mini makeover. I was a little disappointed because, you know, we were all about the makeover in Camp not Buy Me Love. Yeah. And this one at this point, not as drastic. She just gives him her sweatshirt, her Sean John.
0: Though we do get a,
1: a makeover later on. Yes. But, like, here I was expecting it because of the old movie.
0: I think it worked better in this movie because they use it as, like, an emotional thing where she doesn't really care about popularity and she's not really trying to let to help him fit in it's more of like to dissuade his anxieties about it i felt like
1: mm i just have the memorable moment from the
0: other movie where she rips his sleeves off that was nice yeah but later on when she actually does give him mm-hmm. the makeover like to help him be more confident with himself like that actually felt more emotionally impactful and you yeah. really saw that she started to care in those yes. moments. Yes. I agree.
1: I agree with you. Okay, so she walks him down the cool hallway. They get some like looks and people talking like what are what is what what even is happening? So when they split off to go to their separate classes, he goes to science class, and the guys are freaking out over his sweatshirt, and she goes to home ec and her friends want to know what the deal is with her.
0: This was so grease. Yes. You get gre- this was like intense grease vibes. Yes. <laughs> like 100 percent You could drop in, tell me more, tell me more there.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, fast forward a little to lunchtime. He's sitting with her. His nerd friends at this point are like still questioning what's happening out, but are kind of excited for him. Yeah. But I still have like, nobody has like any idea like what that's day one, you know? But she is kind of protecting him a little from getting the shit. And it's just like, okay, pick me up tonight at six. We're going on a date. Cut to that evening.
0: Him ironing his underwear. Yes.
1: Steve Harvey finds out his son has a date So he demands to have a father-son rite of passage And has a full ceremony Passing of the condom box Which he called a hope chest He gives he him this hope it, chest which yeah. It's a shoebox full of condoms I'm like, oh god, Ashley loves a hope chest
0: I just love that he, <laughs> like, over the years Was buying these rubbers and putting them in the shoebox for his son. Mm-hmm. And we have a scene where he teaches
1: him about the different types. They're like, he's like, don't use this one the first time. This is old sensitive. You'll just finish. Nope, not that one. Here's <laughs> this one, which is for this. And then this one's for that. And In the end, they it's a memorable moment. And he's, he, he he said that he loves his son, you know?
0: Yeah, it was sweet. It was really hard for me to get over the fact that Family Feud Steve Harvey is talking about the different types of condoms in this movie to a young Nick Cannon host. Yep, it happened. Of America's Got Talent I was like all these game show hosts. <laughs> yes. Mm. So,
1: side story to this scene happening was that Nick Cannon was trying to learn some dance moves from a a you know a dance tape video it's like those choreographer tapes from like the choreographer of like in sync you know what i'm talking yeah. about you yeah, have them yeah
0: <laughs> i had i did them. not
1: they're on the internet and they're great and i was like memories so his sister changes it to this uh i'm going to call silly weight loss video it's like knockoff uh what's his name richard simmons so he practices a few of those dance moves before his friends come over and say, can we sit with you and your cool friends tonight at the game? And
0: I think he said yes. He was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to carry you yeah. with me. Oh, young, young Alvin. Oh, yeah. She changes his name to Al. Which may- reminded
1: me of Aladdin. So he goes to pick up Paris, gives her flowers, and she says, don't do that. Girls will think you're weak. <laughs> you have to act like you don't want me. It's one of those um we're pretending, you know? So yeah. this is a pretend thing.
0: Stop being sweet.
1: Later it's gonna be you who wants him. <laughs> like, it's that. Okay, so we're at the basketball game, right? It's basketball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> there is uh some sexually aggressive cheerleading. Paris is like captain of the cheerleading squad. SCAD. At this school, there's seats where the popular kids sit, and then the jocks are very aggressive about it because they're lucky seats, and they only want the cool people sitting in them. They're the behind the, where the the benches for the home team. I don't know if I'm doing sports things. You again.
0: know, what if <laughs> what? unity was mm. good luck? Oh, what if you could be a teacher at that school? I mean. It worked for the Blues. Hey there. Just saying. They were united in a lot of things. Right. So this
1: jerk jock gets up and yells in the stands and Alvin, which I don't even know like how this kid didn't get kicked out of the game. <laughs> you know, I thought it was like at halftime. He was but super
0: aggressive. Super aggressive, like parent teacher conference now. <laughs> yeah. Like in school suspension, if not out of school suspension. Mm hmm. He takes a piece of pizza and shoves
1: it in Alvin's face because he's sitting in the wrong spot. So Alvin runs out of there and goes and hides up a tree, which is like a recurring thing in this hiding in a tree. Paris runs after him. And I think they have this talk of like, he's like, this isn't working. And she's just like, it will because I always keep my promises. Mm hmm. She's like, don't worry. We're going to make this better. And then we have the makeover for reels, like the really reals makeover montage.
0: It was so sweet. She did his mm-hmm. hair.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. He had this fro before, and then he got these twists, and he's... I think it was mostly he they just changed his hair and his clothes, and she taught him how to walk with some
0: swagger. Yeah. And then he took it too far.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, he's getting really cute, except for like the exaggerated style of the
0: 2003. You know, the ah ah ha whatever, what, whatever he was doing with his voice was super mm-hmm. like weird.
1: After his makeover, his he goes home and his parents are suddenly concerned. Well, his mother is concerned, but Papa is proud because yeah. he's like, that is the face of a boy who is getting some. <laughs> <laughs> So they have another private scene. And this time we teach little Al how to open a condom. (laughs) One-handed. One-handed with your teeth. Don't open condom wrappers with your teeth, kids. Oh, my God. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be... Don't be aggressive when handling the the protection device. Yeah.
0: Or just, like, don't be cutesy with it. Just, like, put it on and get busy. You could be kind of cutesy with it. I've seen some. No, I'm not even (laughs) going (laughs) to. I'm just saying, like, if you're already like raring to go, you don't need to impress her with the condom skills.
1: Yeah. It is very like, if you don't put it on fast enough, she will fall asleep. And it's just like, no, she is horny and wants to have sex. Doesn't care how long the condom takes to go on. As long as it goes on. We're good. We're
0: fine. (laughs) I mean, she might even help you.
1: Yeah. Totally. Totally. So. Yeah. If you're just insecure with it, just like get some sexy help. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sexy helping (laughs) condom time. Ah! The sexy helping (laughs) condom time. We're getting sexy. Sexy. We're doing helping. It's
0: a sexy helping condom time. (laughs) We're getting helping with our protection. Get Rachel Bloom on the phone. (laughs) Rachel!
1: Mm. Anyway, they're going out that night, Paris and Alvin, in her car. And they're talking about cars. She's like, hey, so you know a lot about cars and whatever because you fixed my mom's car, right? Yeah. And so through this, he reveals that he's actually not going to get his scholarship because he gave the money to her. And, like, she takes note of that. Yeah, she's shook. She doesn't, like, say anything then, but it's just like, oh, shit, you know.
0: You're, you're a good one, Alvin.
1: So they go to this house party with all these other cars in it. And so somehow we get into this scenario where he fixes a car with a condom. And he opens it the way his dad taught him, one-handed, <laughs> fixes and attaches it to a thing which most likely would not be good with the
0: the. You the know, spermicide?
1: The, yeah, the lubricant. And then it's, it just seemed highly flammable and unsafe, the whole business.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's attaching it to a battery.
1: Yeah, yeah. It not, No bueno. Don't do this at home, kids.
0: But it impresses
1: the ladies. And then all of a sudden, he's cool. He is in. He's done the condom trick. And boy, were the children ever impressed.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a good slide of him. It, it almost was like magic, mm-hmm. how he did it. So I was more impressed with the magic. He turned the women on
1: as his father said that he would.
0: With magic.
1: With magic. Condom magic. Don't do magic with your condoms, people. Safe sex. It's our
0: number one thing we promote on the cutaways. Safe sex. Safe sex. Consent. Consent. Unless you want to make it a little dangerous, but as long as you have consent for making said safe sex a little dangerous. Sexy dangerous. We don't kink shame. No. (laughs) That's why we got the kinky coven. I love it.
1: Okay, so at school, Paris is waiting for him outside as there's their routine, but he ditched her. He is already chatting up the dudes that he made friends with at the party with his car knowledge because they're like, whoa, this guy's actually cool. He knows about cars and stuff, bro. Yo, whoa. Um, So she... Lectures him in the hallway being like, you are starting to feel yourself too much. Yeah. To which there was a masturbation joke of being like, no, 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 I do not do that. What did you hear that from? My,
0: my mom says
1: that makes you go blind. <laughs> uh. But yes, we start. We start with him feeling that glory. Calling Gloria. Oh, okay. God. Let's see. He's walking, hanging out with Cal Penn. And... Cal says that they're mad that he ditched them, but then he immediately ditches him again.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's trying to live this double life mm-hmm. and failing at it because it's not who he is. What do you think of this when, when Cal Penn goes invisible? That was cool. It was a like a nice touch to a poignant moment because it was also right directly after one of the other cool guys said something and he's like, oh, will you introduce me? And he's yeah. like, you've known them since the fourth grade kind of thing and runs yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me exactly of
1: the musical Be More Chill, which did not do great on Broadway. I've never heard of it, so yeah. Al goes to Paris' house and she is in her room writing songs. This seems like it was shot like on the last day of <laughs> filming. Didn't it? It did. Yeah. Everyone seemed spent. And there was just like a mattress on the floor with like bare wall like and they just had two angles. It was just like the floor angles. And then when they stood up into the shot, yep. like there wasn't a
0: wide. Oh, you're right. There wasn't. Dun dun dun. <laughs> the mystery revealed. <laughs> um, so she is writing
1: songs, and so he'd come over and be like, Hey, it's the last day of our of our deal. Just thought we'd, you know, huzzah, celebrate. We did it. We did it. Mm-hmm. You dated me for two weeks. Hey. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm I, i, I I'm just learning. I, My lyrics don't go with my tune yet. And he's like, okay, why don't you play and I'll read the lyrics. So she has this song that he's singing about her rising up. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, you know what you would really like? Come with me. I'm taking you on a date to a poetry slam and with rufio surprise dante basco what <laughs>
0: <laughs> he'll just be in anything i mean he really was a slam he, he does write poetry wow really yeah he's got emotions he's deep he's beautiful oh i love him rufio rufio rufio. <laughs> rufio yeah no it was great she loves it she's like
1: you know what I don't tell anybody this, but my dream is to get out of here and just, like, go someplace where nobody knows me. And it's just, like, me and my guitar. Then he, like, takes her to, like, an overlook, like, on Mulholland, Mm -hmm. overlooking the city. They're having this moment, and she's like, you know, you know when you feel like you want to do something? And he's like, yeah, you should just do it. And so, like, she wants to lean in on Kiss, and he goes, well, it's been great. We're going to break up early in the morning and we're going to have a big scene. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Yep. And she's all, aw. Her dress thing in that situation was awesome. She was very well styled.
1: Yeah, I think so. Now we get the breakup scene. What? what did this breakup scene remind you of,
0: Ashley? I don't know. I feel like there was a direct answer that you were looking for that my brain is not giving you. I maybe feel like a little too all the boys.
1: That's valid. I feel like this scene here is very tropey in, like, pretty much every teen rom-com with a bet. Hey, we're doing this yelling
0: thing. But one person is really hurt by it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember the scene into All the Boys. Because I feel like what I would directly link it to would be the hallway scene after the hot tub. hmm But they both are hurt by that. Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Okay. So I always f- felt like they both were really true in that scene. Like, I didn't feel like either one of them was acting, whereas in this scene, I feel like Nick Cannon is clearly acting. Like, this is one of those bits where I was just like, okay, you're doing too much. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I know you're supposed to be, like, acting, like, pretending acting that you're acting, but too much.
1: Yeah, so he, like, majorly disses her in public, and she's right off the back being like, that's way too harsh, man. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> like, don't be a dick. And
1: so, like, at her house later, he comes by and he's like, I wanted to apologize, but it's been a great couple of weeks. He's like, it's been the best. And she's just like, You are completely clueless. <laughs> You're a dumb boy. And then we get Alvin at school going off the rails with t- so much swag. So much swag that a man can't handle.
0: <laughs> With his Scooby-Doo boxers.
1: Yup. So much. But the girls, the gals want him. The gals want him because he dumped Paris like a manly man. That means anybody can have him. And he's a strong, confident guy. She wants him, so I want him. Meh. Yeah. Boys. Mm-hmm.
0: All women want... Each other's boyfriends. No. <laughs> you yeah, keep you em. don't want my husband. No, you you keep that one. <laughs> he seems like a lot of work. I mean, I'm a lot of work. You you keep you too. <laughs> <laughs> too late, you married me. Ah!
1: <laughs> I didn't know what I was marrying into. <laughs> we didn't even live together. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. We did. <laughs> you knew. And it was great. <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so Alvin goes to visit his nerd friends. Because, I don't know, he has time now. <laughs> he agrees that he'll fix up the car. Takes it, but then ditches his friends. You know, as you do. And The car's cool. The car has yeah. like a soda machine in it. Yeah, it's got a laptop. It's It's a pimp my ride sort of
0: deal. It's literally what a Tesla is now. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, So he takes the car, instead of, like, fixing it up, takes it to go on a date with this other young woman to the very popular hangout place with everybody. Pretty much, you know, Paris is there with this other guy, like, making eyes at him. And then, like, he's in the parking lot with this girl, and she pretty much, like, gets on his
0: dick, like, right there. She presents him the boobies. Yeah, She like unleashes them and is just like, These are yours now. Yeah. <laughs> On his face. And he is terrified of the boob. Mm-hmm.
1: So that night his friends come over outside his window and says that he is kicked out of the fourth grade clubhouse and that he's gonna hand over the keys and not hang out with them
0: anymore. They are mad. I loved their little like kick out walk out performance art piece. I don't mm-hmm. know what that was. The nerds
1: in this movie were everything. They, they were,
0: were really good.
1: So uh, his sister heard all of this. And then the next morning, Tattletail tells his parents he bought the girl with the money that he was supposed to spend on the car for the scholarship. And he essentially confesses. And so they're just
0: concerned parents. And then he's just a total asshole to yeah. his parents. And they're like, slow your rolls, dude. And he's like, nah, I gotta go to school. I cannot. I must go.
1: And then she's like, it's senior skip day. And he's like, that's right, I'm going to the beach. Bye,
0: bitches. (laughs) If I were his mother, Mm -hmm. I'd haul my own ass down to the beach and grab him by the goddamn ear and drag his ass back home. Mm -hmm. Don't you ever be talking to me like that ever again, you little shit. At the beach, the shorties
1: are sweating him. Oh my god, two thousand and three. The young ladies. The young ladies want to be all up on him, but he is biding his time, taking his pick. Paris comes up to him, says, Hey, you know, the other night was rough.
0: Let's be friends. But then he still disses her, like, nah boo Cause he's got a he's got a reputation mm-hmm. to maintain with
1: the shoddies. Yeah, he can't be hanging around her. That's old news. You old news, girl. You old. Be ah. steppin'. <laughs> he has reached pinnacle douchebag. douchebag. <laughs> Accurate. But you know what? She does the line. She's like, uh, you know what? I made you. I can break you. I destroy you. And he's like, I ain't sweating that either. Then uh the, oh, time to dance. The girls wanna
0: dance. So he's gotta bust out his workout moves. Mm-hmm. And Didn't you know you- what? <laughs> Just like "Can't Buy Me Love," it all works out.
1: It spreads everybody like doing wildfire, it. like gonorrhea wildfire of awful dance. Yeah,
0: with ninja moves, though the hip rolls were nice. Mm.
1: Then, uh, then yeah, that just puts him in the mood to pull a pull a lady away to go uh, John Snow in a cave. Yep. Mm. While he is wooing this young woman, he sings Paris's song cuz just when you didn't think he could get low he gets lower but then for some reason uh Drew the ex-boyfriend shows up because he's back in town and wants to hang out with high school kids cuz they love and adore him for being a football star
0: he a football star we got to rock him rep him i don't know i don't i don't yeah. know what the the kids say
1: <laughs> so he talks to his boys and he's like cares yeah she is so sweet on me right and the guys are like uh
0: <laughs> no
1: uh don't tell him about al they're like who's Al? Who's al? and he's so mad because he he has a double standard that uh when he's away he can play but yep. she cannot he's the worst she is supposed to wait for him Hmm. And even at that point, didn't he reference that she was just like the high school? He was like, "She's my first love. Like this is, this does not go on for her.
0: Something like that.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Okay. For some reason, Paris still wants Drew back. So like, she goes up to him, and he's just like, "No, you have been going out with this other guy. I don't do that because I am only one allowed to do that. <laughs> what? And she's just like, "No, no, 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 no." I need to go get Alvin and tell, have him tell Drew the truth that it was just a, this bet that it wasn't really real so yeah. that Drew will take me back. And so she goes and finds him, pulls him out of his cave sex, says, you have to say the truth. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then the crowd starts gathering and she's just like, what, because you don't want all of these people to find out? that I paid you to go out with me to pretend that I was your girlfriend. And then everybody's like, ooh. You
0: done fucked up now, Alvin. hmm everybody immediately hates him, immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. If that was the only information you knew, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then at this point, like the girl he's with is like, ew, don't touch me. And he's like, come on, baby, remember we rise up. We rise up from all these haters here. And she's just like, "Here's my song
0: those are my words! Yeah! And then just kills him right there, movie over. No! (laughs) (laughs) Because she turned into a dragon. Oh yeah, she went Dracarys! (laughs) She had a better turn than Daenerys did in (laughs) all of Game of Thrones. Yes.
1: Okay, so then that mess ends of sadness. Later on, Paris is at home. She's on the phone with her friend and she's just like, friend, I have dreams. I have, what if I, I want to just, like, go to San Francisco and just, like, be a hippie and play music? And her friend's like, no, you're going to be a basketball player's wife. That's your dream. And everybody's sad. It's a sad montage. Everybody's sad. It's the very sad montage. The everybody's sad. looking out the window and it's raining. Why is it raining in L.A.? <laughs> everybody's sad montage. So, at Alvin's home, he has the greatest parents in the world cause they're adorable. oh, my God, this scene with his dad with Steve Harvey,
0: <laughs> father of game shows, father of game shows, Slayer of <laughs> condom <laughs> rappers. no slayer of of beauty pageants <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: Wow, the dad, okay, he says, "Hey, okay, with my hard-earned money, I went out and bought you the camshaft so you can finish the car. And what I need you to do is get off your ass and finish this because you have to get that scholarship. And and Albie's like, but it's too late. I'll never make it. I'm a failure. Nobody likes me.
0: <laughs> and he's like, no, you're a Johnson. Mm-hmm. Johnsons don't quit.
1: Oh my God, this part where he's like, when I was a kid, I was one of those jock boys. And, you know, I had fun and good times and whatever. But look at me now. He's like, your mother and I, we realized that you've got potential. And I never had the kind of potential that you have. So we'll always be proud of you. We've always been proud of you. And we'll always support you. And it's, all
0: <laughs> Aw, Steve Harvey. <laughs> it was so sweet.
1: It was then we got a work hard montage. We got a deadline to, to build this car. <laughs> it's the working hard montage. Okay, there's a weird edit where he's working and then his friends are there, but then like it cuts to another scene and then the friends are it's a different scene with the friends. It was we I didn't understand something got messed up in production or something because it was like first they supported him they're like here's the keys work on it and then after he worked on it he's like hey I worked on it and they're like I don't know you're a jerk and it's like where where are we emotionally yeah (laughs) maybe it's because they're like oh shit we forgot that they have the keys maybe (laughs) we're gonna shoot this other scene where he gets the keys from them Maybe. That would make sense. Somebody didn't break down the
0: script properly. <laughs> nope. Ugh. It probably wasn't the script supervisor. No, it was the AD. It was the AD. We're blaming them. <laughs> Most likely the second. It was line. one
1: of you assistant directors. One of you. You did it. Not the scripty. <laughs> scripty is a saint. Scripty's the one that's like, so how do you get the keys? What and they're like, yeah. uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> we got to shoot this. We got to shoot it. You don't have, to have time for questions. <laughs> I'm going to point the camera and we're just going to shoot it. Just going to do it. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it live. That's how I envision production. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, that does happen. Okay. He gets the keys from them. He fixes the car. He fixes it up. Gives the keys back to them. And they're then still angry. A, right. Then there's a basketball game. But the nerd friends go and sit in the good luck seats.
0: Yes. Refuse to move.
1: Right. Ted Jockboy is so mad that he wants to beat up Keenan Thompson. But then Alvin steps up and steps in the way and he does a big monologue about like, you can beat me up because I've been beating myself up worse these past couple weeks trying to be liked by you. You know, this is me and this is who I am. And I like nerdy things and I like cool things and, you know. Humans are complicated.
0: Accept <laughs> it, teen anger boy.
1: When Ted goes to punch him, Keenan just jumps him. Yeah. Keenan saves the day.
0: Keenan just mighty ducks the shit out of him.
1: Yes. And then the whole auditorium applauds. They're like, Yay, you said what we were feeling. <laughs> we're so bound by
0: our cliques and who we need to be. Let's unbind ourselves. Let's not live in these boxes. From this horrible creation that society has set forth for us.
1: Yeah. Nerd boys are mingling with cheerleaders who are mingling with goths. It's crazy. They destroyed the whole ecosystem. (laughs) Yeah. And then he goes, uh, for some reason, I forget how we get here. We go outside.
0: Because he's done. He's done his job and he feels like he (laughs) still needs to be exiled.
1: But then Paris is outside fighting with Drew. Yeah, like this is convenient.
0: <laughs> Plot
1: device. They're arguing, but she's just like, "No,
0: no, just no." I don't even remember.
1: No, I don't remember what
0: happens. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drew's trying to like box her in or something, and she's like, "No, I want to. Ha- I have dreams, and I want to do this." Yeah, or yeah. something like maybe she wants to go to college. She it's- has something. She has dreams. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then Alla comes out and he's like, I'm tired of like not being who I am. And she's just like, I'm tired too. And like they kiss because she was, she's like, I'm, I'm tired of pretending I don't like you. Let's smooch. smoochy smooch time. The end. No JLo.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Accurate. Accurate description feel, of the end. I feel like the climactic
1: part was the, the speech and it had nothing to do with Paris. Or, like, she she was there and witnessed it and ran out. I don't even know what happened with Paris. Like, Paris was not the focus of the climax there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no. It was just, like, they tied it up with a nice bow. Because they were like, they
1: already like each other. He just makes
0: this great speech that inspires everybody. (laughs) Yeah. It almost would have been better had they not ended up together. But they do have such really nice natural chemistry that that is Mm -hmm. a nice addition to the movie.
1: Do you think that the IMDb description of this film was hashtag accurate
0: or what? I think it was hashtag simple. Agree. A high school introvert Mm. uses his engineering skills to help out a cheerleader. In return, asks her to pose as his girlfriend so he can be considered cool. Yeah. Experience life from the other side of the hallway. Oh, yes. Yes,
1: that tagline. Yes. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Again, I see that this, I I feel like this plays as like Nick Cannon's character is the main character, but I also like in this movie that Christina Milian, she had a lot of depth to her as Mm -hmm. well.
0: Yeah. And the the tertiary characters were not like not fleshed out. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't cardboard cutouts, which was really nice.
1: Yeah. And then Steve Harvey. (laughs) And Steve Harvey. Doing Steve Harvey things. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Do you have a rating?
0: I do. Ooh.
1: What do you rate this film?
0: I'm going to rate this movie three Scooby-Doo boxers. Ah! Dick Cannon does the the Scooby-Doo voice, and it made me happy.
1: (laughs) I'm rating this movie three and a half goth kids because, oh my God, I kind of love that they weren't the focus, but were kind of always there. And you know yeah. what I love when there are goth kids in movies?
0: I, I do. I agree. <laughs> they were just there and I'm like, goth kid. Like, just out of the like, corner of the frame, goth kid. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so seen. I love it. Justine, we have mail. Like we do every episode? Uh, yeah, like we do every episode. It's like, it should be part of our script. Oh, wait, it is. <laughs>
1: I'm so glad that we write the things down that we do every single time so we don't get lost and forget. Because <laughs> we would.
0: Okay, so what, who's our mail from? So we have a review entitled Fun Fresh Takes on Rom-Coms from P 514 mm. It's for five stars. The review goes like this. The hosts, film editors themselves, have a great dynamic and their enthusiasm is infectious. I've really enjoyed the informative and lighthearted deep dives back into the rom-coms of the aughts. Hilarious when they discussed in one episode the punchable face issues of Hugh Grant (laughs) and Miles Teller. My guy would be Ryan Reynolds. Keep up with the great work, ladies. I love Ryan Reynolds. I'm sorry, but <laughs> oh I'm just—I have to defend Deadpool here. <laughs>
1: wow. Like I, I understand
0: mean, and can see it, but also mm-hmm.
1: no. I love that that became a thing. Sorry, just punching Miles Teller.
0: You're always punching Miles Teller.
1: I feel like somebody recently was talking to me or tweeted at me of something of like. No, yeah, it was. I think like a Follow Friday. I'm sorry. Then they used like a Miles Teller gif, and I'm like, okay, obviously you do not listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> obviously you don't know our brand
1: because this is. You have now insulted me on this our holy day <laughs> of Follow Friday.
0: <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Maria, for leaving a review. I love it. I feel sorry for my uh, for Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And it's your okay. hatred for him. But I understand it. It's understandable. Yeah, it happens. do what you got to do. Well, I'm excited because next time on the podcast, we're having an emergency. We're mm-hmm. hitting the emergency button. We are. Installed it fresh. <laughs> <laughs> it's an emergency Cary Grant session with 1937's The Awful Truth. Yes, let's get back to our roots, girl. girl. We've needed this. Yes. If you haven't listened to the season four wrap up, we do discuss how we wish we could insert a Cary Grant movie every once in a while. So we've added in. Mm -hmm. We are now when we need it, need it most. Mm -hmm. We're going to insert and pepper in a little bit of Cary Grant goodness. Yeah. It's like a spa day for our brain and eyes. (laughs) It's a romantic comedy spa. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then we'll feel refreshed and then we can t- continue on with the
0: yes <laughs> it's the grant special looking forward to it oh i am too um well if you like this podcast why not become a patron you can support the cutaways podcast at com slash cutaways podcast where you will get lots of goodies some blogs, some vlogs some a very actual special only for the patrons ears podcast. Well, you can find all of this information and more at our website, the cutaways.com. And you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at cutaways podcast, where we will interact with you on occasion. It'll <laughs> mostly be Justine, mm-hmm. but we do, we do try very hard to interact.
1: Yeah. If you want to say something to Ashley, I make sure she sees it.
0: Yes. I mostly see the email more than I, see. the Twitter, like, I'm sorry. The Twitter scared me. You do it's that. Cool. I, I, I'll, I'm still on the Instagram. You can catch me on the Instagram. I'll post every once in a while there. You can leave us comments, rate us and subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Stitcher or your favorite podcatcher. And if you, we are not there, please let us know.
1: And the number one thing you could do to support us is tell your best friend
0: about us. Share oh, us with your buddy. Oh, look at you coming up with the marketing schemes.
1: Oh, <laughs> you're
0: Yes, share share the wealth. Yeah. The wealth of our, our ridiculous ramblings. Thanks for joining
1: us in the blanket fort. It was fun. Yeah. Ooh, we'll see.
0: Whoa, Jesus. Motorcycle is here <laughs> as well in the blanket fort. Hi, motorcycle. <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to you. Just you. Oh. you. Oh. 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 Bye. Bye.
1: <laughs> we, we had some harmonies on that one. We did.
0: I'm Carly Sturgis, the host of the Token Sceptic Podcast. Since 2006, I've been interviewing people from around the world. Scientists, comedians, artists and activists. And some of them you might even recognise.
1: The powers of the placebo are so strong that uh, maybe it's wrong of us to, to, to mock. Uh,
0: and we happen to be in London around the
1: time, because we were shooting for the war and everything, and we basically made our own little sign, you know, <laughs> entreating the the London commuters to bow down to the uh, the Dark Lord Satan, uh, just to try and even out. Some of them you might like to get to know better after hearing them on the show.
0: Reading into it for years, I've been interested in the concept of, of science philosophy, and how pseudoscience works. It's then very easy for people to just, you know, throw us away and say, well, you don't have a heart or you're, you know, you're closed-minded or, you know, and and so...
1: And the origin of the universe and the meaning of life and that kind of thing, because... Um,
0: It's very real life music, a lot of real experiences, a lot of uh, vulnerable topics, but at the same time, some very silly things. Like one song is actually about Windows Vista. I'm wondering how I can finish yourself now. Let's, let's break something. <laughs> let's break something. What the hell? Well, we'll finish it off kind of like Good News Week does. Though.
1: The Token Skeptic podcast is a fortnightly online interview show that takes a slightly more sceptical look at the world around us. Head to tokenskeptic.org.